0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Caffeine Before Bed. This week, we have Eric back again, Father Dearest, as well as Andrew. Boy, say hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, we, I wanted to talk this week a little bit about cities. Particularly, I wanted to start with The Line. So, those of you uh, tuning in may have heard of The Line. It is a superstructure... City project that the UAE, the Saudis are doing. Um, it's something like six hundred, seven hundred feet wide, a uh, thousand something feet tall, and then a hundred and eleven miles wide. It's basically a wall. It's called the Line, um, and it's supposed to be a, a city with three levels um, that supposedly a lot of people are going to live in. And it's this big construction project. And I think it's a bad idea for a few reasons. But I want to get your guys' opinion on it first
1: before we dive into that. Yeah, I so think, the uh, no. you've just, you've Well, I was just, just going to give some more backstory because it's just, I mean, it's, yeah, it's only 660 feet wide. So like a tenth of a mile wide and 110 miles long. And the population density they're expecting is five times the most dense Urban center in the world currently, and it's all going to be um, AI driven and data connected and all of this. And so it's it has the potential to be some futuristic dystopian craziness. Um, so that's just, you know, that's a little more on what it's going to look like. And they're building across the middle of the Saudi desert. So um, interesting times. If you've seen
0: any renders of it, it does look like a giant mirror set up in the desert. It looks really cool, but I think it's lacking a lot of traits that mm-hmm. are intrinsic to human nature. But yeah. Andrew, you
1: had a thought What's going on, Andrew, yeah.
2: Well, I I think initially it's a it's a really cool idea just simply in terms of human capability at this point, simply materialistically. It's it's quite interesting. I mean, especially cuz it's the desert, it's not it's not even near any bodies of water, so what they're going to have to do architecturally to maintain water supply especially for that population density like you said. It's really just going to become another feat of engineering like the Burj Khalifa is and you know the new tower that they also want to make. It's, it's I I'm just intrigued to and interested in how they're going to actually make it work.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, so I think it does have water cause I think it goes to the Gulf. Somehow. Oh, does it? Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, no cars, no anything. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. All and renewable just, energy.
2: Yeah. And it just doesn't seem like digging and building in the desert is, really that easy i don't know i mean obviously i haven't done it but it just it just seems that with the sand and the materials and the aridness of it all that it just it would be a lot harder of a task but that's all they have True. (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) but it's also
2: adapted well maybe they
0: have but it's also really interesting because this isn't actually the first time that a line city has been tried before it's been proposed for a very long time looking back in history and it actually has been done before the only problem was it was done in i believe it was a mile and a half stretch somewhere in the states i forget exactly where it was and then but it now it's grown into a city like a traditional city And if you just had a top-down view of the city, you couldn't find where the original line city was Mm. intended to be. Just because when humans develop things, they spread out. And they spread out everywhere. And so then, if you actually look at cities, and I think this is something that I want to hear your guys' opinion on, is it's typically... Around, it spreads out from a central point more or less. It's never, you know, a per- your city is never a perfect circle, but it's usually, there is a radius of city, so to speak. And so there's that idea of having a city center or a downtown or something like that that gives this, the population, a kind of centerpiece, an identity, so to speak. That is I think, very intrinsic to having a city, like the downtown area being kind of the heart of the city, that the line being a line won't have,
1: yeah. so so being a history guy, I have to go back to the history of cities, right? So we have all sorts of ancient cities. Um, and if you go back before, you know, say, three thousand years ago, um, cities in air quotes you know are you know could be tens of thousands of people um and um and they were centers of trade and commerce and politics and things but it really was the founding of rome in 753 bc that is that gave rise to what we consider the modern city and so over the course of the of the republic and the principate and um as Rome grew to be the largest city on the planet and then you had others uh Constantinople and Carthage and these others they grew up in the Roman empire that kind of defined what city was and I'll talk about what that is in a minute but once Rome started to fall apart in the in the 5th century and then um on through to the fall of Constantinople in the in the 13th century the city disintegrated so once rome kind of fell and fell in again in quotes but in um in the 5th century cities disappeared and so this is this is what i just find completely fascinating cities had grown up all over all around the mediterranean they were centers of politics commerce trade all these things and then when rome fell they fell apart and we went back to a culture went back to a completely agrarian society no politics no trade no anything and that's and until the you know the middle ages and then the late middle ages and the rise of some of the um you know the kingdoms in Europe you didn't have cities which is just phenomenal because everyone thinks of Rome and it's this beautiful city it's monumental all this great architecture all these great things and 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 that had spread from Roman Britain to Gaul, you know france today and spain and north africa and the middle east and then it all just disappeared and it all fell apart and it was and it was cities and cities was a huge part of that and so you talk about city you talk about center and so you kind of have to go back and for those that have visited rome and i mean the center was the forum and that was the place of that was a place where people gathered and it, they gathered for to hear orders speak they gathered for the law courts they gathered to see things posted in the forum and then around there were the markets and everything else and it was a central community and it did and it grew from there and so it expanded outward and so i think you're right Jackson that it historically and i think that's mm. historically there is a center and so what i wanted to you know proposed to this group for discussion too is once you has culture changed where either there is no center or there's no like people don't want a center or people are too individualistic whatever now whether or not it's necessary and required and you know a vital part of community and city life and all that do is that something we still need and want as societies and cultures? Um, so anyway, I threw a lot out there. Discuss.
2: Well, I think with the with the modern age, with the the age of information that we're kind of in at this point, that like you said, you know, the f- kind of have lost or pushed away a physical center due to technology and individualistic ideas and all that but i would i would agree i would agree and extend saying that it 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 is necessary i think it it is necessary to on to some extent to have kind of a a common area for a society or at least for a city you know obviously for a society as a whole but more specifically regionally you need areas where the people where the people can gather and this is obviously changed since the roman era because information is now all instantly access trade is much more on the side or in the background now either between big companies or it's done online there's 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 almost no physical interaction so the while it, it would be i think it could be could be necessary to have a you know a physical common area for a city the question would be how would you manage that in the modern day with all of the capabilities we have now
1: so here's, so here's exactly so this is but all the things you mentioned information and trade and things like that yeah those can happen but what about community and you know local connectivity Between people, and so here's a here's an interesting example. I don't remember what country it was. I think it was Spain. There was this city center, it good sized city, couple hundred thousand people, and just gridlock with traffic. Like you couldn't get in the city center. People, nobody from outside city center would come downtown um, because you would be stuck in traffic, and all commerce died downtown. Like. Restaurants went out of business, all the small shops, all the local artisans, like they all just left because you couldn't do anything. And so the city, it was a city planner, I guess this visionary city planner. He's like, no, we're just gonna we're gonna shut down the entire city center to traffic. You cannot you cannot drive into the city. You cannot park in the city. The only people that can drive in the city are people that are making deliveries and things like that. And they did this. And like within a few years, It was such a vibrant, exciting downtown area. Everyone wanted to go downtown and everyone could because you would park outside the city, you take a bus in, you know, there's other public transportation and the restaurants and the shops and the nightlife like just exploded because people, it, it doesn't have to be politics or trade or commerce or information. It's human connectivity and it's being in a, in a place with a shared cultural identity or um, city identity or something where you can be out and about. And I, you know, I think there's something just innately human around being in and around a group of people. You don't have to be interacting or doing the same things they are, but, and so anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. So yes, all the things you mentioned, Andrew, are happening on the side or in the background but is there still a place for other things to happen as part of a center in a city? So I think it is interesting. I'd like to make two initial points here.
0: One being, so we live outside of Seattle, and Seattle has two main identity things in it. One is the Space Needle. Seattle is is synonymous with the Space Needle just because it's a, this landmark thing that is more or less in the middle of the city. It's not quite, but I mean, it's it's more in the middle than some other things. And the other is Pike's Place Market. That's a very famous. It was there's actually a funny story when when we traveled on vacation uh down to the Bahamas once, we walk into the room being many thousands of miles away and what what's there on the dresser but Pike's Place coffee. And so it's it's that first of all that that funny thing that the world isn't actually as big as you think it is. But it's also interesting that that element of being Pike's Place Market is is such a landmark thing. And so I think the the ability to have a landmark or an identi- identifying thing that brings community together as a part of a uh, group thing... Because that's what we see a lot in the modern day, right? Everyone's searching for identity in one way or another. And I would argue that there, a lot of times they're searching for it in bad places. But... Identity is such a strong uh, propellant in the human psyche. It, it moves you to do all sorts of things and to find things about yourself and other people in community. And so the other thing I would say is we have all been to Rome, to Italy. And then what is the, what do you do there? You walk around and you enjoy being and so in a in a city like the Line, where everything is about efficiency and it's all data driven and it's about modernity, I would say in stark contrast to that would be Rome, not built on a grid system, you know, the a recent air quotes building is one that was built seven hundred years ago or whatever it is. And so you have this sense of complete opposites. Right. And then one, I would love to go and just experience and be. And the other, I feel like would, would, the experience would come across more like being in a hospital. Everything's data driven. It's all about efficiency. You know, you're in this line and it's, and it's, it, it well, forces so- you to be within these boundaries. And I don't know, I don't know if that would facilitate the type of being that has spawned you know human or that humans have gravitated towards even in rural societies outside of cities themselves i think i don't know if that's that goes along with human nature
1: well but i think you i think you're also reading a lot into you're imposing a lot into the line that you don't know exists yet so sure, much 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 like much like like if you get in rome there's not a lot of traffic in the dense areas you know it's a lot of pedestrian traffic well the line is all pedestrian there's no cars And, you know, with Rome, you can walk out and you find the little eateries and the little, um, place, you know, shops and things around. Um, And it could be that, you know, over the 110 miles of the line, you know, every mile or so has a bunch of little restaurants and little shops and, um, you know we're we're reading a lot of sterility, and you know because we read about these sixteen hundred foot tall mirrored buildings or whatever they are And <clears throat> but it could be. it's all pedestrian, and there're shops and restaurants. and and you may just live within your one little mile stretch. Um, but it might be, you know, very pleasant and pedestrian. Um, the other thing about Rome, and you're right, we've all been there as tourists and, so there is a, you, you know, we also aren't thinking about, well, what would it be like to actually live and work in Rome? Like, how would, like, where do you commute to? Where's the office? How do you, you know, what sort of, what sort of jobs do people have other than the ones that just support, you know, tourism? Um, so there's a lot of different angles to look at cities. Are you living in the city, working in the city? Eating in the city, trying to go to a grocery store in the city, trying to find, you know, your IKEA in the city or Target in the city, um, you know, and so there's all these different ways. And and that's why I really I, to, all that being said, I do agree with you on the European model of cities, which I do believe is founded on, you know, the the view of city that was in the that came out of the Roman Empire, which is there is a central place where people gather and eat and do business and things like that. And so you go to all the cities across what was the former Roman Empire, um all the cities in Italy and Marseille and France and the cities of Spain. Um and you see you see that model. And it's still a a really neat model. And so you know it could be, um, you know, it could be that they're, you know, end to end life, work, family, food, whatever works really well in a city. City living is different though. And you also mentioned, I know I'm kind of all over the place, but you also mentioned that we live outside Seattle. We are not a city dwelling family. And so, also, when we go to a city and we experience something like that, that is novel for us. And it is, you know, is it, it's not that hey everyone you know our family everyone comes home and we have dinner in our home. Whereas in some of these cities, you know every night people are out and they're you know sitting at the little you know um, you know, cafe on the corner you know for for the evening and eating and families go out all the time and because you don't have a big home in the city and you don't have a lot of things to cook you know supermarkets to get a lot of food and so you know we have a a lot of its perspective. Too. and we we are coming from a different perspective on what it means to um, experience a city, live in a city um, that we don't that we don't have day to day because that's not that's not where we live. Um, and we just had a, we had some good friends who just um, that just turned turned in their suburban life to go live in a high rise in the city, and you know that's a different way of living. Right. You don't have a car and you don't have, you know, supermarkets and you have all your amenities in your high rise building, you know, that you need and you don't have to go. And so it's it's different. And and so the question is, you know, is that is that a good way to live? Is it an alternative? Is there you know, what are the pros and cons? That's the that's the interesting discussion.
2: I think. The other thing about the line is that, we, uh, did you mention the population, you mentioned the population density. With the population density being so high, I would find it hard to believe that there would not be a whole lot of cultural influence on whoever's in that particular mile or so. Right. But... I, I feel like it would be very easy for different groups to come together and create these cafes and these restaurants and these shops and have a little, little sense of character in their little, you know, not a huge stretch, but in, in their corner of the, of the line, I think that it would be, that could be pretty easy, easily facilitated with the amount of wealth that's definitely going to move hmm. in there. Yeah. And different, different ethnicities and cultures and all that. i f- I think it would be pretty easy for that to happen and therefore foster, obviously in a different way because it's very th- thin and tall. So <laughs> you know it it'll look different. but you, I think you could have a lot of similar aspects to city living, whereas I mean, it is more tech you know technologically advanced, and you have all this data-driven stuff. But that people still, they're still going to walk around, they're still going to interact with each other, probably a lot more because of the population density. So I think a lot of culture is going to be fostered due to the due to the nature of the line itself. yeah we' gonna have a lot more culture yeah and they- that's <laughs> go ahead. that's
0: probably true, but i would I would also like to think <clears throat> maybe maybe more personally, and I don't know if this is this is true universally, but you dad, you brought up the idea of of cities kind of transforming as humanity has progressed cities coming to be, and then falling out of uh favor as, as Rome fell. But mm-hmm. then I would also like to, I don't know if this would be a question that is answerable, but it is something interesting to think about is then there a new evolution, so to speak of cities as we progress, is this what cities will look like <laughs> as we continue to go forward? But the question that I have also, that I was kind of asking myself, is what is the most pleasant part of a city to me? And granted, this is all coming from living in suburbia and not living in the city proper. But the most pleasant parts of a city, for me, are the parts where it's there is some element of being in nature, right? So to some extent, and it's, mm. it's varying. Um, but like... I think an example of this could be going out and to the piers in Seattle, or uh, what's the... It's like Central Park in New York. It's this big expanse of nature in New York proper, right? It's, the, it's this big part in the city, and people can go walk around and whatever. But then, with... I just... I don't... And again, I don't know how it's going to look, but with the line, you have... You're living on a wall, and I don't like, you could have all the bistro stuff, but with, with the nature of it being thin and tall and in the desert, I don't know. I, I feel like that's an integral part of city life, of being... It feels more like you're in a wall, rather, like you're... The city is... is he is trapping you in somewhere, rather than you being a part of a city and walking around a downtown where the sky is open and and still
1: wide, rather than the sky only being six hundred feet wide. Well, so but so that's so that goes back to one of your first comments: was will there be? How will it grow up over time? And so I think <clears throat> to your question about what is the evolution of the city, and once cities grew up after the late Middle Ages, and then you know we grow through the. Um, the into the 20th century and these cities get enormous and we have cities of 20 million people now but when you think about it what are they actually they're big cities of little cities and so even so even new york right you have brooklyn and you have queens and you have manhattan and it's and they're they're it's all new york city but they're all these little cities and you have you have little italy and you have chinatown and you have you know all these other little cities within a big city, and so I'm wondering whether the line will grow up like that, and like Andrew said, different cultures and different things in different parts, and whether it will expand from there, and whether, um, you know, that city will evolve from, uh, whatever the other example was that you had, Jackson, where you couldn't tell where the line was before. Whether it could be something like that eventually, where, um, you know, it. It grows, it doesn't just stay a thin vertical city, but expands outward from there. Um, Cause I about so we've mentioned cafes, vitros, things like, I just wonder logistics, right? Food, how does, how is food gonna Good. work in that, right? Are, are there in the line? Are there gonna be supermarkets? Are, you know, or is it, Or is it no one cooks and there's only restaurants? And then how do restaurants get their food deliveries? And, you know, how do food deliveries happen all up and down the line? I just, it's fascinating to think about, um, you know, all the different aspects of, yeah, living in a city and how you manage and deliver all the infrastructure and resources and everything that people need for that. Um, Something with that, too, that I was actually thinking about
0: that was really interesting was flights. Because 600 feet is definitely wide enough to land a plane in. But, like, I don't know how that's going to work. That would be an interesting feat to have an airport. Well, they'll
1: probably have. No, no, the airport will be. Well,
2: airport's on the outside of the wall. That makes no sense. I'm just saying. It would be pretty cool. I'm just saying. But it wouldn't make any sense. No, no. but it would be cool. Yeah. Could be interesting, I suppose.
1: Yeah. It's just. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a, it's an experiment, but people have done, it's just, it just happens to be a very expensive, big one. People have been experimenting with city designs, urban design. There's been all sorts of different urban designs over time. Um, And we even see that diversity in, in the United States, you know, New York's a vertical city in a small space. Los Angeles is a horizontal city over a large space. And, um, and yeah, at big urban city parks exist in a lot of cities. New York has Central Park, and LA has Griffith Park, and um, and so there there is a uh, you know there are certain elements that do exist in other cities, which will be interested to see how they how they do incorporate parks into the line. Um, I I also think we're also reading a uniformity into it that may or may not um, be there, um, you know, or whether there will be, you know, breaks for parks or you know other things. It's not just I I I don't know that it's going to be um you know as homogeneous and singular the whole way. Um so I you know and there have been and that's and I I started studying architecture um when I was in high school and I wanted want to do that in College. And I mean, that sort of thinking, urban design and landscape design and urban planning is just fascinating because there are, um, there are all sorts of cool ideas and cool designs. But then it, and then the other aspect that a lot of the designers who do really cool things ignore is just the human aspect and the community aspect. And then there's, um, and so sometimes that overtakes the design. Sometimes the design fails because it doesn't take into account the community. Um, and then you see the really ancient cities that grew up the way they did because you know there wasn't an urban master plan or a specific design, but it grew up in a specific way. And so so I think you know we should probably look to the past and learn because we are still human, and we do still need to interact with others and seeing the way cities grew up in the past and the way they were structured and the way the centers functioned and those sorts of things. Yep, we have to adapt them for the 21st century and we have to look to the future, but I think we do have to look to the past too. So, I don't know what I don't know what all the thinking is around the line. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I think the first people are supposed to move in next year. Something like that. And That uh, soon?
0: Holy cow. Yeah. Mm. Um But I I think also to Andrew's point uh, money answers everything, and when you are the Saudis, you have a lot of it.
1: Sure, sure, <laughs> but there, there's also there's also a lot of really expensive things that are decaying in various deserts around the world too. So right, or have just turned out horribly. <laughs> right. Yep. You know it, they they built the they built the what, the Palm City in the Gulf and the islands that look like the world and. You know, they spent a lot of money on those and they didn't sell all the islands and, you know, all the shifting water now has made the Earth look kind of wonky. And so, you know, it was cool at the time and everyone was like, oh, look, it's a giant palm tree you can see from space that they built in the Persian Gulf, dumping, you know, millions of tons of rock. And yeah, okay, it wasn't a big hit. But so, yeah, people continue to try things. Just like we were talking about earlier, right? Just like people want to build the Tower of Babel. People will always try these giant projects because, um, you know, sometimes for you know good reasons, they want to build and, you know, we're created in the image of God who's a creator and a builder, and that's good. And then there are some people who take a little too far and like, I am God. And, you know, that's what we're trying to avoid. But, you know, building and taking risks and experimenting is kind of cool. But, you know, whether or not, if if it goes against... Um, you know, who we are as humans, it will be successful.
2: True. Sure. Any last thoughts, Andrew, you'd like to share? Oh, well, I think dad summed it up pretty well.
0: <laughs> all right. Well then on that note, we will end the episode there for tonight. Thank you all so much for listening again, as usual, if you are interested in more content, we have uh, quite a few episodes out before this. Pick one that sounds good and go give it a listen. We also have writing content available at thinkingnoises.com. And if you want uh, a Caffeine Before Bed sticker or a Thinking Noises sticker, those are available on the website along with some other cool trinkets as well if you're interested. But as
2: always, thank you all so much for watching
0: and good night.